0: Hello and welcome to the Dan Assor podcast. I'd like to start by thanking my community patrons, Rev Risney, Easy Fairs, Hive Group PLC, Tarsus, 19 Events, Smart Digital, and SISO. You can watch all of my content on YouTube. Please search for Dan Assor or head to danassor.com. Without further ado, Please allow me to introduce today's special guest, which who is Debbie Lee of Benchmark Collective. And there she is. Hi, Dan. Oh, yeah, you OK?
1: I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I'm good.
0: So welcome. Happy Friday. And oh, no, it's not Friday. Happy Thursday. Okay, nearly, not.
1: Dan, nearly Friday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Happy Thursday, Friday. It's a new day I've made. i have just been behind <laughs> the two together. So that's good. So uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, So over the next 30-40 minutes we're going to discuss all things selling, virtual events, rebooking, all that sort of good stuff. Mm -hmm. To start off with, um, and i would be surprised if they don't know, but can you bring to life who you are Debbie, who the Benchmark Collective are and sort of what you do?
1: Yes, sure I can, thanks Dan. Um, So Benchmark Collective are rebook specialists um, and rebook's an interesting subject because I think in the events where we get carried away sometimes with our terminology and think everyone knows what it is, and I know you for sure know what it is, but
0: um, I, do, I do.
1: Some of our listeners may not know. So, uh, rebook means basically it's the process of contracting your clients for your next edition while you're on site at an event. And uh, the Benchmark Collective team have yep. got over twenty years' experience doing it. Basically, we've delivered more than one hundred and seventy rebook projects, B two B and consumer, actually. 23 countries um and yeah we we are all about the customer basically we tailor make solutions so it might be that our our client has an existing rebook strategy but they want to do it better or they might never ever have done it so we take them from nothing to to actually having a rebook culture in place and that includes the people to help deliver it or bolster their sales team on site the advice on the strategy side of things, and also the training of their teams on how to do it well. I think there's that kind of, you know, yeah. you can do a rebook, but actually doing it as well as you possibly can. And what that brings is, as you know, huge increasing revenues, bringing it forward in your cycle, yeah. securing your financial future, basically, and and retaining customers, which is what event growth. Well, we all like about. to do,
0: we all like to, that's great. So obviously the fact that people trust you with their customers, is a uh, good kudos to you so obviously you're good at what you do and I guess you've rebooked million hundreds of thousands of millions of pounds. I millions guess.
1: and millions Dan. Millions, millions and millions.
0: of millions. And obviously um, we get paid
1: half of that when we do it. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, right we've got a few topics to cover. Mm-hmm. This is a broad question that we've both come up with together or, or theme should I say. What have we learned in 2020? So. Wowzers. You know, well, this was your idea. You said me the topic, so I'm going to hand it (laughs) over to you. I put myself
1: down for that one, did I? Yeah.
0: How can we use this to our benefit? So, obviously, from a sales perspective, and I guess with a, a particular emphasis on virtual, because that's what we've been doing and what we're still going to do, but what are your sort of key learnings that you can take into this year?
1: Yeah, I mean, we learned that event sales could get harder than it was already in, yeah. in 2020. And it did, um, it was, it's been a very tough year last year for sales teams on events. Obviously there was a rush to put content online for a lot of event organizers and keep our, their communities engaged, but that um, that left the sales teams trying to, to do their job essentially and bring revenue in. Um, and in the process, I think we've learned that some of that content that we perhaps gave away We perhaps shouldn't because we've actually made a longer term issue for sales teams um, to try and monetize that now. Um, But I mean, the real the real truth for me, I think, is that what 2020 did is expose some of those not so great practices in event sales. So I think the teams that already were working with their clients in a kind of a partner driven way, you know, they were understanding their clients. They were thinking about what their outcomes needed to be before uh march happened before everything started to shift from you know underneath us i think they came out better because they had those relationships and they could you know hold on to those clients i think the difficult time has really been had by teams who perhaps were a bit more you know sell and move on yeah before this happened um and i think you know some of the the research we've seen in the industry has borne that out so some of the exploratory research has shown that you know customer satisfaction is much higher if you work as partners so i think specifically what we've learned is that we can sell virtual we can monetize it but we need to go back to some of those real fundamentals of selling that we always talk about which is you know do your research get to know your client take control of that that relationship um and obviously specifically about those technical platforms it's it's try not to get to get too bedded down in the technology. I know lots of salespeople last year were trying to sell when platforms were still being built or. We, we,
0: we we road tested about 20 and yeah, it was, it was like a gold rush, wasn't it? For, for virtual event platforms to try and sell into organized
1: I think that's settling down now, isn't it? I think what, what hopefully sales teams have got now that they didn't have perhaps April, May, June last year is, an understanding of what platform their business has invested in um and what it's capable of i think that's the thing it's trying to as a salesperson you know it you may not have had to understand all the intricacies of the event specifically obviously you do need to know a certain amount because you're selling that in but with a virtual event you've had to really sort of understand what what it's going to look and feel like from the client's perspective in order to sell that effectively yeah. i think that was a real challenge it was a real challenge so now we've learned that Perhaps we take this bit of time before your next edition if you are virtual again in 21 yep. or even if your event is going to be a combination of in-person and virtual. You know, it's as a salesperson, I think you're doing yourself a favor by understanding those platforms. so that you Yeah, can I mean, it's, it's
0: an interesting one. And you make a good point. I mean, uh, you know, people I talk to, they see virtual as a good content distribution platform. But from yep. an exhibitor perspective, obviously, you can't replicate the stand and you can't replicate that serendipitous moment of someone walking past the stand and obviously having an interaction about their piece of software or, or whatever it is so but obviously the two are going to come into this for a while right and as you said you know learning the tech understanding it not try to use all the bells and whistles for the sake of it and understanding your client's needs yeah which, not
1: overselling it Dan don't yeah. oversell it yeah. you know it's about if you know from the outset what what your client is trying to achieve you know who they're trying to reach then um it's you should be able to put yourself in a situation where not only have you sold the right thing but actually yeah. their outcome is what you what they want it yeah. to be
0: what about rebooking virtual um it's just something i thought about i know we didn't talk about this before but i've spoken to some people i mean is that just I mean, obviously it's possible have you got any views on rebooking people for the next virtual thing or whether it's a webinar before the physical event what's your advice
1: yeah we, we have dipped our toe in that a little bit yeah. Um so we as you can imagine we spent 2020 thinking, okay, right. So uh, we're not going to be rebooking for a little while at least. Yeah. But we did um we did do a little bit of virtual rebooking. It's obviously in practice it's a very different process sure. to uh, an a live event rebook, but all the principles are the same, aren't they? So it's kind of a cycle. If it's if you haven't oversold, you've understood your clients' outcomes, they've been delivered you know having that conversation continuing that conversation with them and saying okay so we're going to do this next year this is the kind of audience it's the rebook there's no reason why you can't rebook a virtual event it's just a very different proposition you know and check and you've got your sales team if you can picture it in front of their computers checking in on their clients on their virtual stands you know who have you seen they can obviously get a lot more data we know who they've seen we can talk about that and that's that's quite powerful in itself
0: Yeah, and I think you made a good point there because, uh, you know, salespeople sometimes, especially, I guess, maybe when you first start off, are quite fearful of the fact that your clients can see everything so they can completely analyze the return on the investment. Sometimes they prefer, well, you know, we don't really, it's a bit of a gray area, you probably need to be there and that. But actually, if you think, if you embrace that, and as long as you have a conversation with the client beforehand about establishing the benchmark of success, then you should use the word
1: benchmark there. Thank you, Dan. Yeah,
0: I've, I've made a note. You told me to make it six times, so that's the least six,
1: yeah, one, ding.
0: <laughs> that's 40 quid. Right. Okay. So that's what we sort of learned some lessons. Mm-hmm. We're hopefully going to go back to doing some physical events at some point <laughs> um in the not too distant future. Yes.
1: This year it's going to happen, Dan. At some point, it is
0: going to happen this year, hopefully sooner on than later. Um, that's obviously your speciality. Mm-hmm. yeah would that would that be right rebook and pre-booking
1: correct yeah well the whole rebook process so, yeah. the,
0: the so the talk just about the timeline of that so let's say i'm a show organizer i didn't put it on last year um some people i rolled over some didn't what's what's Give us some us advice. um
1: Yeah, well, I mean, a a good rebook is all in the planning, isn't it? So and that's true this year as much as it's true any year. So if your event didn't trade last year at all, you may have done something online to keep your community engaged, which, you know, all power to you if you did. Uh, And I know lots of organisers did. But when it comes to actually delivering your first in-person event in 2021, it's important the fear we have here in benchmark towers is that Rebut's going to fall off the list right because sales teams are smaller um sadly um and i think we are inclined to make assumptions because we see them all the time you know the assumption is well i can't possibly ask this person to book for next year when they're on site you know and that that vision of Somebody walking up in a suit with a clipboard and saying "sign here," you know, yeah. with, with no other kind of conversation. That is not what we've really done, done. That you've never <laughs> done that, <Dad? laughs> little guilty look in your face there. Dad. <laughs> okay. um, so yeah, it, it the planning needs to start kind of three months out, really minimum. You need to think about from a strategic point of view: Are you going to do it? And I strongly encourage everyone to do it in whatever form is best for that client base. So. A client that's stuck with you through this and they've got involved in some of your virtual uh, content and they're coming along to your live event next year, you owe it to them to give them the the most insight into what your event's going to be like in 2022. And the way to do that is to see the rebook as a customer service opportunity. So yeah. you know, talk to them about that event, talk to them about what it's going to be. And, and actually the rebook, that signing of the contract, we've got to go into it with the same premise that we should always go into it, which is, This is an opportunity for my client to secure a spot to get the most exposure out of being involved with our event brand um, and and talk to them about it and understand what their what their business is looking like. Of course, uh, I could talk to you about the objections we're going to have. We can always talk about the objections we're going to have Um, and we should expect them to be in the main the same, but perhaps heightened. So there's going to be this uncertainty, isn't there? Whenever you're standing on site next at an event, yeah. talking to your client, and there they are, and everyone's super excited. I think, I think it's three and four clients, isn't it, that, that are really excited about getting back to life? Isn't that the Explory research? Seventy-five percent of well, even those if it is, it, it's a
0: good stat. So, want to it. get back
1: to physical. So that's that's all, you know, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Um, so I think the important thing is to is you know they're going to be uncertain. You've got to think about your cancellation clauses. You've got to think about your yeah. payment plans you've got to think about whether your next live edition is the right thing for that client or whether actually they'd be better off engaging in some of the other stuff that you've got going on. Um, One thing I think I've heard mentioned, and I wanted to say to you on this this little chat is that what we shouldn't be doing is giving away stuff for free in order to get a client to sign up for your next edition because you're just propagating that idea that the virtual stuff has no sort of
0: value. Very good point.
1: Um, so what we should be doing is saying, you know, get all the things we normally say about the marketing exposure, you know, think about what you're going to do for them. Work close with the marketing teams. Think about fireside chats when you sign people up yeah. virtually. Think about, you know, the newsletters. Think about your Instagram. All of those kind of media so
0: really, platforms. I mean, it's an ongoing campaign, right? Lots of people yeah. I talk to now. I'm loath to use it, but 365 engagement that's sort of another buzzword. Um and as you quite rightly said, in any sort of um selling capacity, if you offer something, you need to make sure there's a value against it. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's not monetary understanding why they should want it. Um, so I think you're absolutely right. I think we know that people are gonna have a challenge beforehand booking people because is the event okay, you've told me it's gonna happen in July. Well, it might get moved, it might get moved again. Hopefully companies got those clauses in that allow them to roll over. Um, so I would say that's possibly one of the main objections that might come up.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. That you, You've got to get all of that sort of admin side of it. You've got to preempt those. Make it simple yeah. for your client by thinking about all of that. Um, and, you know, it's important. You, you've got this community that you have ownership over, and that, for most of your clients, is going to be their best, absolute best bet for their recovery on the other side of this. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's getting them to to think about that and not so much focusing on perhaps, of course there are practicalities around which month it's in and whether it's live or virtual, but actually getting that exposure to your community is the important thing, getting the opportunity to network, to see some of the content, all of that that
0: your visitors are going to have. And sorry, I've got a bit further, Jay Calder said hello. Do you know Jay?
1: Yes. Hi Jay. Hello
0: Jay. Never met, but nice to meet you virtually. (laughs) Um, You've done rebook all in different parts of the world.
1: Yeah, correct? Twenty three uh, countries in, in counting of, amongst them. Twenty-three.
0: Twenty three countries. Mm. What, okay, I'm gonna go off on a tangent here. What was the most sort of exotic rebook place that you've that you've well,
1: Emma Emma in our team, one of the benchmark yep. directors, has rebooked in Mumbai.
0: Oh and right.
1: In other wow. locations in India. Um yeah. and um Russia and Turkey yeah, nice. and <laughs> Europe and good
0: and so yeah. what are the uh, we were talking yesterday um because I've done some rebooking in Germany and Paris very different to the UK mm-hmm. right so different cultures uh for anyone that's listening either live or the live on demand what's what's your view of how to translate that reboot process because lots of organizers clearly have got shows yeah around the world that they've geo cloned so it's the same show and content but obviously different mm-hmm. nationalities
1: uh, it starts with a commitment from the top to actually implement uh, a rebook strategy and and a culture within your teams, a rebook culture, which right. we yeah. uh, we would say that from nothing. You know, if you've never rebooked, it takes actually three years to implement a, a rebook culture and embed right. it within your business. Yeah. But, you know, if you've never done it before and we're talking about an event that's in a, in another country or if you've done it in the UK, as you just said, and you, you know, you, you've got another yeah. geo adapted is that the right way to say that now geo-adapted event i
0: said geo-cloned i'll take yeah. geo-adapted for 10 minutes
1: <laughs> i feel like cloned went. i don't know anyway um <laughs> it, you know the, it's it's about your teams and educating your teams and getting them behind it um and we've the team at benchmark have done that virtually actually before before our time okay. training teams remotely um yeah about why you're doing it and getting their commitment. Because if your sales team are walking that floor and understand the reasons and are incentivized, also is the other thing, because it's not a good incentive for sales teams, don't we? Um, Then actually implementing it and actually telling that story to your clients is obviously it becomes a conversation, becomes that customer service opportunity that we talked about. And it starts before you've got to communicate with your clients before that you're going to have this conversation with them and the reasons why you are, whether it's about
0: yeah, really location, key point, I think. whether yeah. it's
1: about price, whether it's about marketing yeah. opportunities, all of those things, um, so that it's yeah. it's not a surprise to them. You know, if you rock up with your clipboard on the first morning and say hi, and you've also you,
0: the clipboard a few times.
1: I, I love a clipboard. You need a clipboard. <laughs> Hopefully, Dan. Hopefully, on the other side of this, it's all going to be iPads. But I can uh, tell yeah, you from yeah. experience that lots of them are clipboards.
0: Yeah. Having said that, I did an iPad rebook, and um I won't say where it was, and uh it never. It's just because, as a salesperson, you get really excited. Well, for me, I was just getting, and I was just pressing everything, and in the end, I just pulled out the <laughs> piece of this paper. Is,
1: this <laughs> is the, the point at which you need to like pan around, Dan, and show everyone what's in front of you now, because I can Let's imagine.
0: Um moving swiftly on. But yeah, I think I think you're right. The conversation before, just again okay, going back to my own experience, when we launched a show in Germany, um, we did it with a partner who were a German consultancy firm, and they were really like, Whoa, you know, we need to talk to our clients before you approach them because they're not going to appreciate this. So I think that's a really good point you make. And probably goes is still valid for UK clients because who have never exhibited at your show or any show that have had a rebook
1: yeah but what's yeah. interesting about I mean we've rebooked launch shows before because there is this kind of thinking that oh well we've got to give everyone a chance to kind of mm. come and do the first event and then we need to step back and everyone needs to take a deep breath and think about the ROI and think and that that all of that is true but their experience on site at your event whether it's the first edition or not is is never more influential than when they're standing on site at your first event sure. and actually you've got to capture that um, and if if it's done in the right way and it's communicated and you they understand why you do this, then there's no reason why you can't begin. That we speak to so many organisers that say, "Oh gosh, I'm in my sixth edition. I wish I'd been doing this since year one. Can you imagine where we'd be?" And it's about growth. It's not just about you know keeping your sales team busy for three days on site. It's about delivering that growth and bringing that revenue forward, which is never more important
0: than sure and cash flow, right? Exactly. So. Um... I've got down here your clients are still human. Mm. So um bring that to like sort of our next point. Um what what do you mean by that? Is that because we're having the you know, we don't know we're human because we're having this conversation. We've never met and I've never met anyone I've interviewed and all that we've we've all been on virtual stuff. Do you
1: have legs, Dan? Do you have legs? (laughs) You do have legs. (laughs) Maybe Um, so this this point is really it goes back to a lot of the things that we talk about in our training which is that you know so when we're saying okay sales teams you need to understand your clients you need to do your research before you think about reaching out to them but you also you need to understand where they fit in all of this because there is a tendency in the when it's you know you're sitting in front of your computer and you're thinking where can i find these i need to fill my my uh hopper with new leads or i need to just make 60 phone calls today or whatever it is that you kind of lose sense of the fact that these are individuals that you're calling so obviously there's been a lot of talk over the last 10 months about you know what how the whole world has changed and our clients are living through it the same as we are so they're sitting at home just like you are most of them on their computer um the buying process is more complex than ever you know gartner says it's six to ten decision makers involved yeah, there's true. obviously there's obviously gaps in a lot of businesses true. now where people yeah. unfortunately have gone so that person that you're speaking to they're trying to convince to come to your next event has got a hell of a job to do to get from that conversation where you've totally done your job yeah. and they're bought into it to actually getting a contract signed and you've got to make it as simple as you possibly can can and in doing that, you've got to go right back to the fact that that human needs, you know, the Tony Robbins kind of yeah. six human needs. There's a little benchmark um, series on that mini series if you want to check it out on YouTube, by the way. I won't waffle about it too much now.
0: Yeah. But it's the real. I'm, in, I'm meant to be plugging you, not, not you're not meant to be Sorry. promoting yourself.
1: <laughs> I can't help it. I'm in sales. I don't know if I mentioned that to
0: exactly. You. exactly. That's how good yeah. you are. Sorry. <laughs>
1: um yeah it's back to those six human needs you know that your customer needs certainty you need to outline how the process is going to work you need to take control of it and that kind of goes back into the sort of that challenger sales thing which is I'm sure you've heard about you've read the book got the t-shirt you know back in 2011 this idea that you as a salesperson you're not just it's it's not a lottery you're just ringing up and checking in and hoping somebody's changed their mind each time you call them you're actually taking control of the whole process yeah. So you're thinking about the fact your client needs some certainty about how it's going to work. They, it's certainty is difficult at the moment, and yeah. so that's why you need all those, those kind of. Yeah,
0: it's um, being it's being authentic as well. You know, because, good word. Yes, thank you. It goes back. I've got a whole list of them. That goes back to, it's it's the same. People buy from people, um, and at this point, if you're you know you need to feel confident in the trust of somebody, I think also. You know, you make a good point. I used to work a lot in technology sector. Gone are the days where you've got a phone list. Half the time, you haven't, haven't even got phone numbers. So, also selling now has evolved social selling. <clears throat> so, I used to do a lot of appointment setting via LinkedIn to get a phone call. Yep. So that's obviously virtual, but still having that human touch. Mm-hmm. Would you Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah I mean before you whether you've you know you're on your sales navigator and you're finding people or whether you're whatever it is you're using you you know before you do that first reach out find a way to connect with them it doesn't need to be necessarily about your event specifically but you need to reach out to them and break through that sales kind of the worst thing you can do is send them a four paragraph sales email or you know I mean I know you have a character limit in navigator anyway but it you yeah. know it, it's it's about understanding that person on yeah. the other end and their need to to feel a connection with you and then from that point it's that authenticity piece as you say it's yeah. talking to them you're not don't sell to them at whatever cost yeah you, you you've got to
0: you this the d- discovery phase isn't it so oh, yeah yeah what they want what keeps them up at night and how you can help solve it um yeah. moving on to taking responsibility Yes. So delivering customer success through post-sale touch points. Yeah. That sounds exciting. Can you Ooh. bring that to life?
1: Well, you know, I mean, client retention, as we've talked yeah. about, is the key to growing an event. Wherever we're sitting, whether we're in the middle of a pandemic or not, that that is the key to it. And if you're not retaining clients, then you're going to struggle. Your sales team is going to be working twice as hard to grow that event, aren't they? Because every sure. year you're renewing um your clients and if client re- if your client retention is isn't is poor then there's a reason for that we need to look at what those reasons are but that client retention bit starts the minute they've signed their contract and if your sales team who've been engaged with them and have been being really authentic and understanding their client and selling the event and then the contract signed, and then they step back and the next thing the next time they see them is arriving on site and asking them to sign up again
0: yeah
1: that, that that is not going to help you to retain your clients and it may be that you've got an excellent, you might have a customer success team if you're in a reasonably big business and they might be amazing but actually that kind of authenticity piece you talked about is about checking in with that client and understanding where they are through the process are they you know what's their build going to be like and, and, yeah. and you know has it gone is is there?
0: Especially with all the new guidelines and stuff, they're going to have to, it's going to be new to them as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so they have any concerns. Like, you know, actually having that planned touch point. So just as much as you plan how many calls you're going to make in a day to new prospects. But obviously in there, there's this big, you know, elephant in the room, which is time. It's actually salespeople having time to do this. And I think that's where the onus is on the senior sales management to actually, if, if client, you've got to incentivize client retention, you've got to actually allow time for it. And I think sales teams along with marketing teams and customer success teams. But actually that individual that brought them into the event should be having some kind of communication with them afterwards.
0: Sure. No, good point. And I think also at the moment, unfortunately a lot of people have moved on from um, the company that they were working at. And so new people um, will be speaking to their clients. They wouldn't have had a relationship with them before. Mm -hmm. So it's important again that they, rebuild that trust they can't just assume oh you know you dealt with joe um you must want to deal with me and book in the same thing
1: yeah no absolutely not because it's you know you've got to do your research on that client you should hopefully have a crm and you should hopefully have some notes about what they did last time and you should You Know that there should be that as a bare minimum.
0: You know what salespeople are like, something like that.
1: <laughs> but but you know, start yeah. even if they uh have exhibited with you before for years, or even if you know maybe they for the first time were a virtual client last year. I think you've got to start from scratch. If you're sitting down at a desk and you're thinking, okay, well, I've never spoken to this person before, you shouldn't just be picking up the phone and and winging it. I mean, sure. that's obvious sure. to say that, isn't it?
0: Sure. Okay, so um, if people want to get hold of Benchmark Collective, um, what's the best way? And what what are you open for just sort of like a formal chats, conversations about their needs?
1: We we yeah, our we do this because we want we love making a difference. We love yeah. helping. Whether it's an individual salesperson, whether it's you know a, a, an organizer an event who's just wants to look into rebook and how they could do it. If they just want some advice they can reach out to us. We're a friendly bunch. Lovely to have a chat, like a cup of tea. Yeah. Um and yeah, we've our, our benchmark website is benchmarkcollective.com. In fact, if you type benchmark collective into Google now you'll find that we fill the first page which is very exciting. Ah, um,
0: it's exciting and, for me.
1: Exciting. <laughs> and we're on Instagram and we're on Facebook and we yeah, live everywhere. on LinkedIn, like the rest of the industry does at the moment.
0: And you're going to be joining me again, lucky oh. you, on the third of February, I think. Um at who knows? I've got, we'll say got a Sales all the floor. floor,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> we've got a sales yeah, you floor. don't
1: know which one is up, bless you, do you?
0: Whatever. We've got a sales floor event, 12 to 5. I do, third of February. Um, Debbie's gonna be on again doing a session, um, some more practical tips specifically for Biz Dev Show Managers EDs. There's a specific okay. LinkedIn event page which um you'll find on my LinkedIn feed. I'm sure Debbie will post about it. So that would be a great event. So, Debbie, thank you so much. No, nice. you're
1: welcome. That's gone really
0: quickly. Well, it's actually 29 minutes and 40 seconds. We said half an hour, so that's, that's not bad.
1: I like we... to talk, Dan. I like to
0: talk. <laughs> Do you have any other further thoughts?
1: <laughs> no, not unless we want to go back to talking about puppies.
0: Um, <laughs> talk, yeah, for, yeah, I mean, possibly people aren't interested in that.
1: I wouldn't have thought so now. Well they might be. It might be more interesting than sales True. Chat, perhaps.
0: True. But check out the, the guys and girls. All girls, right? I don't know. We Benjamin.
1: are all girls, but we do have yeah. we do have men in our wider freelance network. So it's right. not yet yeah,
0: <laughs> important. Cool. So um thanks everyone for watching, listening on demand.